0.5 fucking deal with 0.5 like call it what you want it's the first time you write in it Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah so i guess the key takeaway is mm, (laughs) (laughs) like i just i just want to draw a fucking line under this bullshit (laughs) right (laughs) let me hold on let me just drag your your platform over there you go right activate your energy Welcome to the Activated Authors Podcast, a show where we distill the core principles of what it takes to become a happy, healthy, and productive author, no matter what stage of the journey you're at. I'm your host, Daniel Wilcox. I'm an international best-selling author, as well as an author coach, speaker, and creative entrepreneur. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student of all things productivity, psychology, and human behavior. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. What is up, Activators? And welcome back to another episode of the Activated Authors Podcast with myself, Daniel Wilcox, and the ever-immortal... <laughs> Highlander, Samantha Frost. Highlander. I like it. Well, we, are, we are in Halloween season. I feel like creatures and Halloween and all that kind of stuff. You should be immortal, if anything. Mm. Yeah, okay. Sure. That's, that's what I've got. <laughs> I mean, you have been doffed lady, queen of red and all the other stuff, as we mentioned in... I believe yeah. we mentioned it in last week's episode. I don't have it. It was the week before. Yeah, so there's got to be an element of immortality there. But how are you, Sam? What's uh, what's what's crackalacking? Now this is the point where I go inside my brain and I have a little conversation with myself that goes, "Do they want the truth, or do they want the? Yeah, everything's fine. How are you? Because honestly, I don't know how I am. I feel like I'm possibly." on the verge of a mental breakdown um, or it's just complete overwhelm. Um, there's so much going on in my brain at the minute. Um, it's going too fast for me to be able to kind of like catch a thread of it. Mm-hmm. And I seem to be kind of bouncing from uh, manic to just exhausted. It's not helped that I have not slept in a, a full night since saturday sunday i think um i keep just getting woken up at ridiculous times by stupid things so like last night my um son came in at like i'd gone to bed early i was like i'm gonna have an early night so i was in bed and like lights out and i was like gone by like half ten at the very latest i think it was probably a bit earlier and then I get woken up at half 11 by my son freaking out because he realises he hasn't done some homework. Um, so then, like, I have to pull myself downstairs at half 11 to help him do something on uh, Canva about a chemical reaction. Um, the night before that, <laughs> there was two foxes fucking outside my house. <laughs> oh, no. And I made the mistake of sleeping with my fucking window open. I'll do it. Because it's, I don't know what it is in this house, but like kind of spring and autumn time, it can like, I would say around four o'clock, it gets ridiculously hot. I think it's because like I'm back on back houses. So like Mm. I've got a house behind me and a house next to me. And I think like if they've got their heating on, like it warms my bricks up as well. 
and then it just gets really fucking hot and I went to go to bed and I was like I'm not gonna be able to sleep like it's too hot so I opened the window to let some air in and then I fell asleep and then I got woken up by just (laughs) I mean we all know what it sounds like right I I don't think everyone does I think you should do an impression just to (laughs) it sounds like Derek Derek I said no get off get off Derek Derek the fox that's what we're going with Derek the fox yeah nice I like it it sounds like that but 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 like in fox language which is more like (laughs) there it is (laughs) but I I always find as well like and I'm pretty sure this will resonate somewhat with you is always that it is always when I'm like I desperately need sleep today yeah it's always when I'm like because my my little boy, he's he's quite a good sleeper at this point. Like he sleeps relatively straight on through. It's only every now and then that there's like a moment or a nightmare or something like whatever. Um, but it's always the nights when I'm exhausted and I'm just like, I need a full night's sleep. Well, like real. I'm just crumbling. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't handle it. That at two o'clock in the morning, you just get. Ah. And it's like, obviously, I don't. Uh, what's the word? I don't blame my son for it. I don't like there's no. You're a better person it, than me then. <laughs> well i think he's still at that point where i can't blame him yet um but like he yeah it, it's it's not like a real, real negative thing but it is enough for me to just be like oh like i've noted that it's this night because mm-hmm. those nights for me probably come like five or six times a year and it's always on those nights that it's like that or like an alarm that i don't remember setting just goes off or like yep. for whatever reason like you say the, the windows open it's suddenly freezing or i don't know it's always something Boxes are getting their spiky penises out yeah <laughs> wow Foxes. so yeah i like to to summarize mm-hmm. i'm i am i'm fine yeah i'm fine how are you <laughs> no I, and I think, yourself the thing is like the whole point of this podcast like i really hope that like people get that fine doesn't really pass for this podcast like it's not it's not what this is right. about What's fine stand for? It's from it's from um, from the remake of the the Italian Job. Fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Yeah, there we go. When someone says I'm fine, and they're like, "What does fine stand for?" And like, fucked up, insecure, neurotic, emotional. Like, cool. So, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Or I like it in a in community where it's uh, Troy and Arbed, and uh, I can't remember which one of them uh, doesn't seem to be okay. It's like. How are you? I'm fine. F I N E or F Y N? F Y N. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. So, how are you? Um. F Y N E or F I N E? F O I N E. Oh, fuck. Foin. <laughs> no. That's called overcompensating. It is. It is. Bad, isn't no, it? I am. Um, I. It, well, we, we were speaking about this before we started recording. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm um, either in or on the cusp of burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, I have <laughs> like a mouthful of ulcers. <laughs> I have my mind in a thousand different places, um, and just all the things. And like, I think the the difficult part is like all the things that I'm working on are very very exciting. It's just a few of them have converged and overlapped at certain certain times. Um, and not only that, but like I for the last month have been on a particular medication that a doctor has been trying to see if it would help my finger pain that I've been having for about mm-hmm. two years now. Um, and that is a medication that is mostly given to sort of anxiety and epilepsy sufferers. So it's more of a uh, neural medication, I guess, 
um, I cannot think of the way to say that. And I think that's probably symptomatic of what it was. Um, suffice to say, it hasn't worked. And I'm now come off that medication. But in coming off that medication, there's now also a transitionary period. So I it has hit me like a fucking steam train. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I feel that. Head yeah. Are like... Yeah, so I... I Annoying. Fr- <laughs> I tried to pull through with work yesterday and then just called it off because it was it was one of those where i was just like i cannot mm-hmm. um and i've come to recognize the benefits of taking that time off and just being like i need to step away for 24 48 hours whatever it is yeah. um so i might potentially have another one of those tomorrow just because of how i'm feeling um but i mean bro- broadly like it's been it has been a positive week like um things are moving forward i finished the first draft of my novella um which i've been it's been in progress now that one for probably about a year and a half just on and off with different things coming up um and so yeah i've I've commissioned a cover that's all underway uh and that's really exciting to start looking at you know how i could potentially go about publishing that and making that happen because yeah i have as a few people who are familiar with my stuff know um over the last few years like written fast published fast um whether it's ghostwriting or my own works and with this one it's definitely a case of like i'm not feeling like the rush Mm. um i'm working on the edits i'm kind of beginning to make a marketing plan um and how i'm going to promote it but broadly speaking like i'm not giving it a publication date until i feel like i'm ready which is quite a nice position to be in um and then on top of that i had a conversation last week with someone um and i'm now uh on the fringes of diving into a potential collaboration that'd be very very exciting yes um yeah so uh kind of because i i hate i hate teasing things but for ages i've been talking about stepping into sort of dark, uh, darker fantasy mm-hmm. um sort of horror elements with more more of the fantasy scope and i may have found the way to do that with someone who is uh a very very i'd say it master of their craft yeah <laughs> so that's all exciting um so yeah it's 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 a lot uh and as i say i'm i've recognized that i need a bit more breathing space just probably tomorrow saturday um just to step back and, and recount everything but ultimately all good fine all, all fine <laughs> what's your what's your key takeaway from this week my key takeaway from this week is kind of twofold really um so while my brain has been fucking all over the place the two thoughts that keep coming back to me are now is not the time for me to take my foot off the pedal mm. um, as much as I want to, kind of. And, like, I, I'm going to be completely, like, honest and transparent about it because, like, I don't, I don't have a day job. I am on, like, disability because I am considered to have severe disabilities because of my mental illness and my mental health. Um, so in some ways, it's easier for me to get stuff done because I have a lot more time than other people, like nuts and bolts, if you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I know a lot of kind of authors and creatives have um, full-time kind of day gigs, you know, because they need to eat and such. Um, but at the same time, that time often gets taken up by me having chronic mental illness. (laughs) Um, so when I say like, now's not the time for me to take my foot off the pedal, I'm, I'm not 
I'm not putting my health at risk. I don't mean like constant, never stopping, never anything like that. But I've been trying to impose a lot of boundaries, um, time boundaries on like when I work and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I've just got so much on like like the conveyor belt that that I want to get done um and a lot of stuff around just just general almost like housekeeping stuff so like social media and my blogs and all that kind of stuff that have basically ground to a halt because I'm just focusing on the one thing but focusing on the one thing is is I don't know I don't there's there's something going on in my brain with it I still haven't figured it out but what I know is that I need to um I need to do more I'm not doing enough at the minute um and it's just trying to figure that out in a way that is healthy um so I just think that like I'm entering a period of like I'm gonna have to grind my ass off mm-hmm. um which I'm not thrilled about <laughs> but there we go um you're you are very similar to me in that regard in like just the focus and the attention side of stuff because i do find that with with this novella that i've just finished the only reason i was able to finish that is because that consumed me mm-hmm. for the last week and a half two weeks yeah um before that point like it started to consume me and then i had to stop because i had other things to do and it was distracting my attention mm-hmm. i i am very similar in that mind of you know having that that big thing that just becomes yeah like you, you just zero in you just lens nothing else exists all things fall away um and it 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 is tricky to manage i'm still trying to find like systems and things for for myself that make that work um yeah and obviously it's beneficial having you know teams or vAs and stuff but if you can't afford those and if that's not an option then like it's, it's just yeah bashing through which yeah. is not so fun but i i empathize with you i am i'm the yeah so there's there's that like that's kind of trying to it it's it feels weird to call it a key takeaway because i'm still formulating it but like i i know what it is i know Mm -hmm. the feel of it in my brain i just don't quite know how to yeah and the other thing is i just my brain just keeps asking me who is she Mm. um trying to figure trying to get from who i am now to who i want to be and i don't mean like huge changes you know I'm, i'm not suddenly gonna turn into an arsehole um although maybe remain an arsehole depending on if you've wronged me (laughs) um but just kind of like just stepping out of where I am for a second and being like who do I want to be like when I grow up who (laughs) do I want to be like and and kind of trying to make some kind of realignment shifts Mm-hmm. but it's all big heavy stuff um yeah so i guess the key takeaway is mm. <laughs> <laughs> perfect like perfectly put Thank yeah you. i don't know if um i have no i have no solid evidence for this i have no solid backing it's just literally like um thoughts and theories that i've seen from my own journey but I do feel like part of pursuing this kind of career very like seriously and and becoming 
the person who quotes you're meant to be in that regard and you know finding that alignment mm. i do feel like comes with a lot of like shedding layers of of your skin um for people that have listened to me on like through the story studio to great writer share to next level authors to hear um every few months is a realignment every few months is a realization every few months is a sudden aha moment that breaks the path that you're on and forces you to kind of just veer off slightly and go somewhere else Mm. and drawing that tree would be fascinating as long as it doesn't circle back on itself you're good but like (laughs) as long as it's you know moving forward um but yeah i do wonder if that's a part of just this kind of process that people have to experience obviously like in in a variety of different ways but i i I myself as you know have kind of had those moments every few months as something else where i'm like this this Mm. this is this is the real me no this is the real me (laughs) no now i found it this is it this is it and it pushes forward um until it starts to like you know attract everything else that it needs yeah Um, yeah and i saw a dead crow it's not it's not nice time i haven't seen anything dead today well what's your takeaway um probably mcdonald's have we done that joke yet as i said it as i said it (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know. I don't know what my takeaway is. I've got one here, uh, but I'm not. I think I, th- it's, I don't think it's the one that, that I've written down. I think my Mikey t- takeaway from this week um, has been actually influenced by uh, Rob, who joined the Activated Dogs community mm-hmm. officially. Um, and I know we've shouted about it a few times. Um, but the fact that although my write my my job is writing, I can still enjoy writing. And that's not to say that I don't enjoy what I do, but like. There are certain points where it comes to it and it's like with my own projects, I'm just like, oh, but if I do this, I'm taking energy away from like other things that I have to do for work. Mm-hmm. And so there's almost like this conservatism of holding myself back in order to reserve those energy fuels for where it applies to the business, even though it all contributes to the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but just having like people like Rob coming into like the evening sprints and, you know, they've worked a full hard day and then they're like, I'm ready to relax and just write. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, writing, writing can be fun and relaxing. So the day that I kind of took off yesterday, I didn't work on the heavy stuff. Um, I was like, I went uh, in the morning, I went to a cafe that I'd not been to for a while. That's one of like the ones where I basically wrote my first few books um, and sat down with no intention, whatever, and then found myself finishing the nowhere line and just enjoying it mm. um, and just playing and just writing and taking all the expectation off and just enjoying, enjoying that process. So um, I think, I think that's it. Like still remembering but although obviously a lot of what I do in terms of admin is necessary is um, kind of necessary evil, like the writing should not be ever, especially, you know, where I am now, because I'm not ghostwriting anymore. Like everything is mm-hmm. optional. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like the writing is the work. Like in a good way. Yeah. Like, like the admin isn't. Yeah. Fuck the admin. Fuck the admin. <laughs> right, we've got a couple of wins from the community that I picked out because I thought they were awesome that I wanted to share. Yeah. Uh, the first one is Sarah, who finally finished going oh, through yes. her manuscript and got it sent off to her editor. Yeah, that's um, huge. That's massive. So congrats, Sarah. We won't uh, go into that full journey, but it's been a, a time in the works. So very, very excited mm-hmm. for you with that one. Uh, and the second one is uh, from Emma G, who managed to start getting writing on fiction again because it's been very, very busy with a lot of like academic and non-fiction stuff. So mm. returning to the uh, the flexing the old fiction muscle. Nice. Oh, mm. I love it. I love it. We get such like, I, I love I seeing the wins because it really does stretch from like, 
I've finished a book. I've done this to just like I know, didn't really punch anyone thing. this week. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's often a win for, yeah. for quite a few people. Yeah. <laughs> um. Bah, 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 bah. Okay. So our question this week is actually something that uh, I will give you full credit for because you kind of really changed how I think about this, given oh. a lot of like conversations that we've had. Um, <laughs> this is my, this is the way I rant about it. Yeah, and and the question <laughs> this week is: What is a first draft? Comma yeah. really. So, Sam, yeah. what is a first draft to you? Right. <laughs> let me hold on. Let me just drag your, your platform over. There you go. Right. So a first draft is quite simply the first time you tell yourself the story. Bam. Thanks for joining us. Massive thank you to you. The listener, all that. No, go on. <laughs> now, the reason people get annoyed with me when I talk about this is because everyone likes to think that you know they they like to put themselves in camps and they either like it like i'm a pantser or mm. i'm a plotter and they like to like, oh stupid <laughs> oh, god you sit there planning it all out you fucking nerd like, <laughs> like it's so weird but I, they're the same thing <laughs> like go on they are the same thing so it's just a different approach to writing your first draft if you're a planner what you do is you sit down and you figure everything out for of the story intricately and you put it all you know into place obviously like we've said before there's a spectrum so some people will literally like plan it to the nth degree but that plan is you telling yourself the story by the time you finished it you've gotten to the end of your story that's your first draft if you're a pantser your first draft is exactly the same thing you're just figuring out <laughs> the story like it might look a bit different you might like go at it a different way because we're you know we're all humans and everything but like I just, I just want to draw a fucking line under this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> there is no such thing as pantsers. There is no such thing as plotters. You're all just writing a first draft, but you want to put a little label on yourselves mm. so that you can like feel like better than the other group because we're humans and that's what we do. There, yeah. I said it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I. I absolutely agree. Like it's it's something that we're taught, well, that I teach people again and again and again, is that the best thing you can do is reach the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of things with writing that, particularly when we start out, seem to make sense in our head. But the further into this writing journey that I get, the more confusion it becomes. Mm. So as a new writer, I think in my head I've got like a, a little analogy of um a few like last year, two years ago, I was looking into buying a husky. And uh, one of the the key things, again, I'm not going into the full, like, if you disagree with this, like, this is just the stuff I've heard and read. I'm not saying this is a thing that you do, like, yeah. Um, but a lot of people were talking about uh, crate training. So the idea being that when you bring your husky puppy home, yeah. because they're very alpha-driven dogs, you mm-hmm. don't give them control of your entire domain. You start yeah. them in a small place and you slowly introduce them to the space so they can understand where their boundaries are. Yeah. I feel like with writing, 
that's a very similar process. Like you come out of the gate and people will tell you what you need, what to do. And you follow these steps. You look for the people and you go, okay, that's how they do it. So that's how I need to do it. And you kind of like toddle off to, to mm. write that first book or to, you know, have your first attempt at writing a book. Yeah. Um, and the further along that process you get, the more you realize this spectrum that you're talking about, the fact that, you know, you're not just a plotter, you're not just a pantser. Like it's, it's never that black and white. It's just not. No. Um, like I, I've said it myself thousands and thousands of times. I'll probably sit somewhere around a three or a four if like it's a one to 10 scale and number one is panting. Mm-hmm. So I need to know enough of a few core mechanics and a theme and a feel so I can then write the story. Um, as opposed to people who are on the other end of the spectrum that like you say might need just chapters and chapters of like books and outlines and characters and settings and descriptions and senses and colors and all that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. whatever it is you feel you need. That aside, the first draft is you telling yourself that story. Mm-hmm. So what we're taught is your first draft is the moment you start attempting to fully write out your story. Yeah. So take that as your starting point. Once upon a time, that's your starting point. Mm-hmm. How we categorize is to the left of that, plotters are people that spend a lot of time before once upon a time. Mm-hmm. And panthers are those that spend a tiny bit of time. Mm-hmm. Before once upon a time. And usually a lot of time after. Yeah. What we're what we're saying with this is that, and this is again just our opinions, but I, I wholeheartedly am like coming around to this idea, is that line, that once upon a timeline, that isn't your first draft. No. For a panther, potentially. Mm-hmm. But I had a conversation with an author friend once about uh I I stumbled across this idea of a skeleton draft, and I can't remember, it's not mine, I can't remember where I got it from. Um, or some people call it a 0.5 draft. <laughs> And someone yeah. was like, I'm really struggling to write this first draft. And I was yeah, like, okay, we'll, we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll try we'll try this idea of a skeleton draft or a 0.5 draft. Mm-hmm. And the idea of this was that you write that first draft with no expectation, with no yeah. worry. You know it's going to be messy. If there's a fight scene, you can literally put insert fight scene here. But it's you giving a chance to, rather than tell your, that story in 80,000 words, you're telling yourself mm-hmm. in like 10, 20, 30, whatever it is. It sounds a lot like a first draft to me. Well, this is the point. So what it seemed to be, because I've I've had a few people come around to this, like trying this, and they were just like, this has revolutionized how I write my first draft. Like just in, in that changing of the name. Um, what what it really kind of told to me was that I I tell people again and again, that first draft is you telling yourself the story free of mm-hmm. expectation, door closed, no one's gonna read it. But because it's a first draft and it feels official, mm. there's an expectation that people have to try and make it as best that they can so that when they get to their second draft, hand it off to an editor, it's like near per- perfect and polished. And giving yourself a 0.5 draft to go, ah, fuck it, let's just throw paint on the canvas and see what happens. People just get through that so much quicker. Mm. But that you're right, that is your first draft. Mm-hmm. Because your first draft is your total telling of that story. <laughs> yeah. And like, don't get me wrong, in the sense of like, um, because I know people very much like, like to hold on to like labels because it helps us understand who we are it's just part of being human we put ourselves and other people's in like little boxes makes it neat and our brains can like handle Mm -hmm. it right or wrong that's kind of what we do um so when it comes to like pantsing and plotting for sure that is a thing in the sense of how you go about writing your first draft what I'm saying is they don't exist in the sense of how people traditionally talk about them because I where, where you're like a three towards the panting I'm probably about a seven mm. uh, at least I am at the minute like 
yeah god knows like project to project it's going to change like I don't plan out poems in that way I don't draft them out like that I just write them mm -hmm. and then I edit from there but like with Air to the Universe for example I spent a long time skeleton drafting 0 0.5 can't fucking deal with 0 0.5 like call it what you want it's the first time you're writing it mm -hmm. <laughs> I just it blows I just remember because I think I think it's one of those things that because because I'm still relatively new to the space like when I first came in and I saw all of this stuff I was like huh <laughs> Like, because I, d I didn't, like, grow up in the culture of this writing and all that kind of stuff, like, I just walked in and was like, that's bullshit. That <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. But, like, it, it I, I don't know whether it be because of that, like, it allowed me to see something different. Or maybe people will think, well, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously pantsing obviously plotting obviously this method and this method and the, like at the end of the day whatever you need to do babe to get to the end go for it like yeah i'm not i'm not here to tell you that like plotting doesn't exist or that like just mm -hmm. starting writing until you get to the end doesn't exist like you know stephen king's not right for himself that way it's not bad <laughs> but i think the danger comes when like we box ourselves into these little labels I am a plotter. That is what I do. I haven't started writing it yet. The plot needs to be perfect. And then I'm going to start on like 0.5. And then once I've done that, I'll get to 0.75. Just write the fucking story. Like you've already done it. You just don't realize. Like in you planning it out, you know what's going to happen. There you go. You've done your first draft. Mm. Done. And it's just this thing of like... When you when you write the end for the first time on say like the full 80 80k or whatever, it, that doesn't mean you have to hand it to an editor. It's your thing. Like go through it as many times or as little times as you want. Like it it makes it makes no difference. It's closed door until you open the door. Yeah, well, I think the, the the thing that people struggle with the most is is that mental block of what comes after that written draft and it's it's the reason i wrote self-publishing blueprint it's the reason that you know i've I put that information out there is because there's such a gap between having written your story and knowing you've written your story to book and mm -hmm. i think what a lot of people conflate is planning as writing and then uh that first draft as the book mm. so rather than feel like they're writing the story they feel like they're writing the book and yeah. the book comes and it comes with iterations and editing. Like we, we tell people this all the time. Like it feels like, and I'm not in any way for people that haven't written a book yet, for people who haven't like gotten to the end of it. I mean, no way taking it away. Like writing a book is a massive amount. It's a huge hurdle. Oh yeah. Um, What you do realize is once you've written that book, that's the beginning. So getting to the end is monumental. And I've said this countless times again and again, like one of the biggest shifts, biggest advancements in my writing career was getting to the end of my first novel. Mm -hmm. The novel that will never be published, never was published, just is now in the burn pile. Um, but hasn't having reached that, yet, and I will read. <laughs> having uh, kind of come a long way since then, like the, the more authors I speak to, the more that comes back to being a truth, like proving that you can get over that and you can like finish a story. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that in that first draft, 
for me, my priority is story. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the different layers of what a book is, at its top, you have the story itself. That's why people come back. It's a thing people remember. It's, you know, when you've finished reading the book and then three years later, you're like, you don't remember each individual word, how many chapters were. You're like, this is a story. This is how it made me feel. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. Story at the very top. Underneath that, you have sort of your more structural elements. You've got like your chapters, your paragraphs, the actual sort of like layout of the book and things, how that looks. Mm. And then right at its bottom, you've got your grammar, your word choice, and you go down sort of the nitty gritty of that. And what a lot of people begin with is writing from the bottom and going like, how do I make these words perfect? And yeah. that's not what the first draft is for. The first draft is to tell yourself the story so that you can make that story, then sing the best that you can. Because I don't know about um, you, like how, how you wrote your first book, but like... I didn't know the full story until I'd written it down. And even then, once I had the full story, I could then from a very bird's eye view go, that worked, that didn't. Yeah. Moving. And you can tweak the little bits to make sure that mm-hmm. the full top story structure is there. So you can then work on everything from the yeah. top down. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was like sitting down with kind of the idea and I started like for I, I'm not enjoying this, but for ease of people to understand, when I started planning, hmm. um, I mean, you were planning your book. Yes, I was planning. <laughs> it. Um, like it, it was a case of okay, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, um, and you know, I, I had all of the the characters, I knew kind of traits and all that kind of stuff I'd figured out like backstory and all the thing actor so like that kind of stuff kind of was second nature I, I understood you know all, all that kind of thing um and you know did it all got to the end had when like when I started Nano the first Nano I had literally I had a folder next to me um with each chapter in it that told me like whose viewpoint it was from what was the point of this scene like where did it start what's the objective all of that kind of thing and then like a page or two of like written of like this happened and this happened and this happened so I had my draft Mm -hmm. I had my story and I'm on draft six now I think I haven't looked at it sounds right poems um and there's still there's still things that I'm like okay like this doesn't work and so I need to insert an entire like thing here because it's we will add an addendum that your audience has changed for who this book was that is that is true but also it is my first project of this length and it's it's gargantuous like it's huge to, to to write a book and to think that you could like start and write all the way through to the end and it'd be perfect is insane like referencing king again yeah he famously sits down and just writes he doesn't then just press publish (laughs) he does go back and sort that shit out Uh like yeah he's his drafts are probably a lot cleaner than yours are right now but that's because he's written 523 books Mm, at least like very least and you know or, or should i say he's published that many he's probably written like thousands the guy writes every single day. He mm. is a master. Whether you like him or not, he is a master of his craft. Like, I just realised that could sound like I was linking back to earlier. It's not King. Dan's not working with King. 
<laughs> Mate, even if I was on the NBA, real I close to the, the world. <laughs> <laughs> King Cox. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like him, hate him, like horror, hate horror, whatever. The guy like writes every single fucking day. So his drafts are going to be cleaner than yours. Almost almost definitely. Like it's it's like so um the the novella that you just finished, Dan sent me a snippet of it a while ago now. And like it was it was the <laughs> it was the first page. And I read it out loud. Um, I was sat in my living room. My sister was with me, and I read it out loud. And she literally went, "Oh, fuck off!" Because that was like that was Dan's first draft. Because Dan drafts very clean. Because Dan has written seventy books. <laughs> like you do seventy of anything, and it's going to be cleaner than the first time you do it. But I think I think the the danger is is that we start off, and you know we're all fresh and excited, and oh da 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 da. And so we expect the product to match our enthusiasm. And it's not gonna, like, mm-hmm. it's gonna, it's not gonna be great. And that's okay. It's not supposed to be. Yeah. Like, the craft of writing is in creating that book, that story. And you, you need the, the first, like, you need the sketch before you can paint it. Mm-hmm. You need the blueprint before you can build the house. You need the dolphin sprocket before you can drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, you're absolutely right. Like that first draft, I, one thing that I know that I always come back to, to try and polish up in second, third, fourth, however many drafts is like my dialogue. I I've worked on it a lot, but it's never quite where I want it to be on that first draft. Just because as I'm writing, I'm basically just getting the sentiments roughly of what I want the characters to say before I then start adding like nuances of speech and things. Yeah. Voices um, can easily merge, can't they? When you? Yes. Yes. But I mean, broad, broad strokes kind of to bring us full circle is your first draft really can be what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know that first draft idea of what you've been taught from school works for you, then by all means, let that work for you, but know that you can be flexible and there are other ways to do it. I think mm-hmm. the the golden rule that I tell everyone who comes to Activated Authors, anyone who does like the, the camps, so just basically anything that I teach in, in books or <laughs> upcoming courses um, <laughs> is... Smooth. Yeah, it's like that first draft, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, and this, this really puts some people off and, and grates them, is like give yourself permission to write unadulterated, absolute blasphemous shit yeah like getting that first draft done it's not about how beautifully you can write at all it's about finding the story like sure as you say time goes on and you improve that they start to sort of come together um but just finishing that first draft means finishing that first draft and telling yourself that story um and it it makes it makes me laugh because over the years like i've been around a lot of people that write fast just smash out drafts that kind of things and the amount of people who We'll shoot back and be like, well, you're writing it so fast, it can't be good. And it's like, you know, it's good because I write fast. Mm. Like, I write fast, I practice a lot, and I've written a lot of words, as you say. So, like, that's why some of it comes out quite clean. Um, but whether Sounds you need good. to do a skeleton draft, whether you need to do a half draft, whether you accept that your massive plot, chapter, summaries, all that kind of stuff is your first draft. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, what I've come to hold true is that that first draft is the telling of the story. Yeah. And everything else just falls after that. Yeah. And just to very quickly add on to 
what you said and also because I just thought of one more metaphor and I wanted to say it. <gasps> yes, please. You cannot decorate the cake if you have not made the fucking cake. <laughs> mm -hmm. The cake is your draft, the icing is the editing, the little floral things and stuff. Are the like, stop trying to decorate empty space mm -hmm. and just write it. You However, can't hang the canvas to keep Ethel dry if you haven't put up the structure of the gazebo. Exactly. Think about Ethel. Poor Ethel. She's 90. She's had pneumonia three times. Really going to make her freeze. Wow. I got dark real quick. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of where my head goes. Mm. I mean, Ethel, not? She's, she's not three, is she? Ethel. No. But, yeah, she's had her time. So <laughs> She's lived a good life. <laughs> so, yes, our question. What is a first draft, really? And again, like, this is, this is our thinking on this. You might have different thoughts, but broad strokes. Take away the pressure. Tell yourself a goddamn story and get that book written. Mm -hmm. um, and don't at me, please, because like you won't change my mind. And I'm already on the verge of a mental breakdown. I can't be doing with it. <laughs> at her, all of that. <laughs> um, in promo for us this week, we have one. Well, by the time this airs, we'll have two days left until the 50k writers camp welcome meet. So yep. if you're looking to get involved in this this year's 50k writing camp then make sure you're all signed up and you're ready to go because we'll be giving all the information away with how to uh, what's going on for that month on Wednesday, the 26th of October. Yeah. Find out all the information over at activatedauthors.com forward slash 50 and then a K at the end. Mm -hmm. um, and that when registration closes, the 26th. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. That's when registration closes. So, yeah, so it's open at the minute. It's open in a minute. It will close. So get involved. Yeah. <laughs> any <laughs> any last words from days. yourself, Sam? No, I'm just I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to like unput the camp for you. Really you're just talking it. over me. So like you got two days. Get your ass in gear, and come on down to downtown. <laughs> Not sure I like that. <laughs> Anyhow, like I said, he, his drafts are a lot cleaner than mine <laughs> thank you uh, a massive thank you to you the listeners for tuning in we appreciate you and the time you choose to spend with us each and every week and as always if you're looking to level up your writing and activate your author career head on over to activatedauthors.com to find out all about our community our resources and everything else that we've got going on one more time from myself and Sam we will see you next week goodbye Boy. <laughs>